This episode of Two Witches Podcast is a little bit different. For starters, the first part of it, you just get me. Hi, this is Sarah. Those of you that have followed us on social media or visited our website know that we took a bit of a breather. We took a hiatus for a while. After you listen to this episode, I think it'll make a lot more sense as to why, because there was so much going on personally. After recording this in February, I shelved it for about a month until I was ready to listen to it again, and I shared it with a couple of trusted friends, including Andrea. And they have encouraged me that it is a conversation that is worth bringing to all of you, so I am not letting my fear get in the way of doing that any longer. The subject matter is heavier than a lot of our episodes. It has to do with domestic violence and one of the worst nights of my life. And it very much has to do with Hellier. If you stick with us through the end of the story, or if you just want to skip ahead, I'll go ahead and put the uh, break point for the transition of the time tag for the transition of this episode in the show notes in case you just want to skip reliving the absolute worst night of my life. I certainly would like to, but... And uh, you can hear where we're, what we are planning going forward for episodes of Two Witches. Thanks for joining us. I'm Sarah. I do what I want. And I'm Andrea. And I like that. And we are Two, Two Witches. I keep stalling. I'm trying to get this story down. So... I guess the only way I can tell if it's any kind of usable or not is to just sit my own ass down and do what I call one witch instead of two witches. Because this high woo shit just happened again and I have to try to find a way to talk about this. In order to do that, I have to go back and talk about the shit that I don't want to talk about which would be the night that I almost died. So back in 2004, October, my ex-husband had Skybox tickets for a work event to go see Sting and Annie Lennox. Two artists which I loved and he did not give a shit about. So the idea was I would go with, watch the show, he would network for work, and we'd go home. Our marriage was very rocky. We got married when I was 23. He was very emotionally abusive. Um, he had grabbed me and left bruises once prior. He had broken the windshield of my car thrown things at me that missed, punched holes in walls, but had, hadn't actually hit me before this night. But things are very much coming to a head after a pattern where he continued to try to control me and I continued to try to resist it. I also did not realize at the time that he was having an affair with a coworker, so there was just a lot of stuff going on. So we go to this show at the which was called the Rose Garden, the big stadium here in Portland, Oregon, and the Skybox for his work, work Skybox. So I figured it was pretty safe because it's at his work event, right? And I go, and he's networking like we talked about, and 
why I haven't hit it off with one of his coworkers, who was also a part-time musician. Now, I was also a part-time musician, a terrible one, but I was anyway. And like I said, my then spouse didn't give a shit about either of the bands. So I just sort of paired off with this dude and we just were geeking out over the music because we were both into it. And apparently I must have leaned too close. I don't know. I, I mean, clearly I did nothing, but something that I did set my husband off and he grabbed my arm and pulled me out of the chair the stadium chair and I landed hard on my tailbone and immediately had shooting pain going down my legs and had some trouble getting up and initially he sort of tried to play it off like it was an accident he didn't mean to or was trying to help me up but the co-worker clearly saw what happened and I saw the fury in his eyes because the gig was up the mask was off so while he was sort of being distracted by his coworkers being like, hey, like, what the, what the fuck, you know, um, I tried to sneak out and leave. And that was apparently the wrong decision, too, because um, he wasn't distracted enough by his coworkers. We just bailed out. He just bailed out and followed me outside screaming and, you know, telling me I was a musician whore and all of these things. And I knew something about this was different because he was always very careful about keeping the mask of being Mr. Happy Fun Time on and it was fully off and I just had a gut that if he got a hold of me this time he would kill me and so I ran he had the car keys of course the only real thing I could do was to try to run for the light rail, the max train. There's a couple of rails, lines that go right outside the stadium there. And there were lots of other people on the train. So I got on one train and he got on there right after me. But I figured, you know, he's not gonna, there's gonna be people here. So he started off by, you know, getting in my face and like screaming at me and you know, like, screaming me into a corner and um, instead of like help people sort of distance themselves and so the words turned into fists and I can't really describe what it's like to be beaten in public where it's witnessed and not have anyone help you but it's a lot so the train stopped at another stop and I got off so I, I made a run for it to like get on the other line kind of where they intersected downtown and uh it was like in a movie, you know, where you see like someone chasing the other and they're dipping in and out between walls and cars and like that's what it was like. We were literally going in and out and, and like playing chase. And I ran like back for the back of the train, one of the cars, and there was this guy 
and I don't, I can't even tell you what his face looked like because I just, I can't remember, which is super weird, but trauma's weird like that. Like, you remember some stuff and you don't remember some stuff. And he's like outside of the, of the max train, or he might have been in the doorway, or anyway, he was by the door and he was like beckoning me to come and like pointing at the door, like, you know, come here. Not saying a word, but just like smiling at me. And he had like this smile and it was like a little unsettling like you remember the like black hole sun video by Soundgarden? that's like really random but you know where they're like smiling and then it just gets got creepy it was kind of like that but i realized i was fucked if my ex caught me <laughs> i mean i was fucked so i i went and just like in the movies the fucking glass door shut and he's literally on the other side of the door and he's like screaming and his fists are hitting the door and yelling at me and you fucking bitch I'm gonna kill you and like you fucking whore and I'll, you know, I'm gonna stab you when you sleep and all this stuff. And I just watched him get smaller and smaller as the train pulled away and he couldn't keep up running alongside it. And I just started sobbing and you know, I said, you know, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. And I just sort of like, crumpled to the ground and I remember I looked up and like tried to look up at him and I just was like what's your name because I wanted to know the, the name of the man that helped me because he was the only one a whole train car of people didn't help me but this dude this blonde dude tall blonde dude helped me and he gave me this like creepy smile like I said I, I had a hard time looking at him but like I didn't feel threatened but it was just I don't know anyway and he just said one word to me and that was his name and he said Michelle and I remember thinking Michelle that's like a girl's name but oh but that's European like you know and, like my brain like skitzing out and and like you know my head was down because I was just so not okay and I looked back up and I promise you I'm not fucking lying and I don't understand it to this day but I was alone in that train car there was nobody there he wasn't there <sighs> for years I was I just like okay well like you must have thought that happened or dreamed it or like you know trauma just like really fucks you up you know, like every excuse in the whole world as to why this just couldn't have happened or didn't happen that way or who knows what happened or maybe I forgot part of it or and then I watched fucking Tyler Strand and Hellier 2 talking in that weird ass voice <laughs> saying his name's Michael and I just flipped the fuck out and my husband's like, what? And I was like, because he was the only person I'd ever told that story to. And I was like, remember Michelle? Michelle. And I just fucking lost it and barfed. So fast forward to this year when I'm having back problems to the point where I'm literally partially disabled. Save any of the details. I have to have surgery. 
they go in and they discover it's an old injury that's been calcified in for years and years and years around my spinal cord and of course doing the work backwards the night I almost died in October 2004 is clearly when at least the initial injury to that area happened when he pulled me onto the floor. So this of course opened up all this other stuff that I was dealing with around this surgery, having to think about it and deal with it. And I'd seen hellier and felt like I was fucking losing my mind and all of this stuff. I'd been having all of these crazy synchros with people, Matt in particular, around Mary, Mother Mary, Virgin Mary, Immaculate Heart of Mary, etc., Lourdes, nuns. So when I had to have my surgery in the middle of a plague, and I discovered that there was a history wall about the Sisters of Providence and Mother Joseph founding the first hospital in Washington, which was basically the first one linked to the hospital I had my own surgery in. I go to check out the history wall. I found a case with a nun doll, which is how that whole nun doll madness started. I also went to take pictures of the statue in the chapel. When I was there, there were some seriously strange synchronicities there. There was a bucket, well, what used to be a bucket, of little tiny wood crosses. There was just one left, and I took it for a charity called Friends of the Carpenter. They work with people with disabilities, teaching them woodworking skills. This was a huge synchronicity for me as I had helped a developmentally disabled man named Jerry access services through those people about 10 years ago. So seeing Friends of the Carpenter and to seeing one little cross in Mother Joseph's Chapel kind of got my attention. So they also had this thing, it was called like the healing tree or something. I don't even remember, Andrea will remember. And uh, they had ribbons where you could like write your intentions or your prayers and tie it on. And I did one that had to do with healing there. And I tied the ribbon on there and I felt extremely emotional for whatever reason and recognized that that was the first time I'd been in a religious space to do any sort of a ritual since I was a child, literally. And so I went and I sat next to the Mother Joseph statue and having feelings, I began to cry. And I got my shit together. And as I was leaving the hospital, I was taking one last picture of the chapel and a female chaplain came to talk to me. Now, I don't know how many female chaplains y'all have heard of, but I haven't heard of a lot. And we had quite an interesting discussion about Mother Joseph. And I very much felt like in one of my times of greatest need and confusion, literal spiritual confusion, she sent me a female chaplain. And that was sort of the first experience I had in that hospital. And of course the Nundal was a whole other angle. That was the last week of October. I had surgery November 10. I was also injured in October, right? So it's, it's, it's all coming full circle. So I have the surgery. Um, it went well. The damage was far worse than they anticipated, of course. Um, the recovery is pretty gnarly. It's not, it's not pretty, but I'll get there. But 
having a surgery and a plague is a whole new experience because here's the thing, your spouse can't come with you. It's just you. The morning of the surgery, I was not okay. There was a lot of extra back-end spicy stuff in there too, which I get into in the Nundal portion on the website. I'd made my dad promise never let somebody operate on my back after he had a bad experience, and here I was doing it. But, you know, technology's different. I had faith in my doctors. I had faith in the process, and every synchronistic sign that I'd been getting, I mean, I didn't have an option. It was that or I'd literally, literally be wearing an ostomy bag within a year and in a wheelchair within five. I didn't have a choice. I had to do it. My leg was failing. <laughs> And I'd just been powering through all these years, not taking care of myself, not taking care of it, not taking my pain seriously. So after the surgery, well, first of all, I get there. I'm, I'm a wreck in the morning. Like, I'm ready to call it off. I flip the fuck out. Dave's walking me through 47,000 panic attacks. I'm literally sobbing in the car on the drive over. I get there. I walk in the double doors. I am 100% calm. I have no explanation for this. I get through, I fill out the pre-paperwork, everything's fine, I'm calm, I don't feel alone. I feel like there's someone sitting right next to me, someone supportive, someone strong, someone I care about. I feel like it's Mother Joseph. Before I had my last surgery, which is when I thought I had uh, ovarian cancer, which is a little bit more stressful, but still pretty stressful, um, they had to, like, you know, value my ass out, put shit in my IV. I was a fucking wreck. I didn't need anything before the surgery, once I hit the hospital. After surgery, in recovery, any time... I would have a thought, like, oh, I'm out of water, I'm thirsty. Here comes a nurse's head in through the curtain. You okay? You need anything? Thinking, oh, I gotta pee. Can I get out of this bed? Here comes a head through the curtain. How are we doing? You ready to take a walk yet? I'm eating my crackers and applesauce. Fuck, this tastes so good. I didn't realize how hungry I was. Can I bring you some more applesauce? It happened like, I can't even, I, I stopped counting. I would have a thought, and within, I'm not exaggerating, 30 seconds in the middle of a plague, a nurse would appear to get me or ask me about what I needed. Extra blankets, slippers, food, water, take a walk, take a pee. I was able to be discharged earlier that day. You can think of what you want, but she helped me. So at this point, I'm like, okay. Clearly speaking her language. Works. She's responding, and things are happening. So I've already asked her for healing in her chapel. I've asked her for healing at her hospital downtown. I've asked her for healing at the academy. I've asked her for healing at home. I upped it and went down the Mary route too, which I can't really spoil because this all directly has to do with Andrea's birthday present and all of this as well. 
But basically, one of the big things that I've been working with for some time now is I have a rosary from Lourdes, which was the, there's a fountain there where the Virgin Mary appeared. And this rosary that I have is identical. It's an antique one, identical to one that Mother Joseph had. And these antique rosaries have been dipped in the Lourdes fountain there. So that's kind of how I got on this whole, like, miraculous Mary thing. Which is unbelievable. And all has to do with healing and all of this stuff. It's a whole nother rabbit hole. February 10th is the anniversary of Fatima. One of the things I've really been working with is the miraculous metal and all of those sorts of things. And the friars having to do with over at the grotto in Portland, Oregon. I've made a pilgrimage over there and had some experiences there as well. I've never had as many spiritual experiences in my life as I've had in the last six months talking to this nun. Mojo is something else. And friends are having things happen too. It's not just me. So, February 10, two days ago my anniversary I get this email from the people with the miraculous medal where I got my miraculous medals from I've sent them to several people spoiler alert Andrea you're getting one too I guess this is a fucking spoiler whatever there's 4,000 medals in your bag you already know this they do a whole thing about Fatima I watch the thing on the grotto I watch the thing from this other place I'm like, February 10th, February 10th, February 10th. I realize, of course, while I'm watching, thinking about all of this, that February 10th is my crazy ex-husband's birthday. Yeah. So I decide I'm going to ask for healing. And I'm going to ask Mary and Mojo this time because I've been asking for healing for almost everybody else I've been asking Mojo directly for things but I've been asking Mary for everybody else and I guess because I just didn't feel like I was worthy right but I did because I was ready to do it got a root chakra candle the whole deal so recognizing what day it is I decide it's a sign so I ask for her help, and I ask for healing for myself, like full witch. Fast forward two days later, it's 12 now. My recovery has been very up and down. Um, PT obviously is necessary. PT will aggravate it. I'll go backwards. We have to take you know, a more indirect route. It's just, it's spicy. It's not a fun injury. It's not a fun recovery. It's just rough. It's just rough. It'll be better though. I mean, I'm seeing improvement. Like I said, it was the only way forward. But it's been a lot harder than I thought it would be. <laughs> I, I ain't gonna lie. I've been tested. <laughs> I asked for her help two days ago. So today I'm in the shower, doing my usual lobster stuff. 
two days after I asked for healing. I've been there, standing under the hot water, thinking. All of a sudden, I get this insane, white-hot electrical nerve pain just underneath my leg, my left kneecap. I had a L4 S1 lumbar repair and I've had sciatica for years and have nerve damage as a result. And they told me it'll basically take probably two years for my leg to completely come back online. And I hadn't really, I saw some immediately, some improved sensation on the inside of my foot immediately after surgery, but I still have, most of that foot is numb, the outside of that leg is numb. Um, it's just gonna take some time, which is why I'm, I'm a fall risk and falling all the time because my leg just will stop working. Anyway. I'm standing in the shower and I get this, like, it is like so painful. Right under my kneecap. And it was like nine out of 10 on the pain scale for like 30 solid seconds. Like I had to sit on the edge of the tub and just was like, wow. And as it sort of just like went into the normal pins and needles and the shooting of usual, you know, the typical nerve pain that I hate and I'm dealing with. I recognized that the nerve pain was because I had a large portion of the inside of my calf gain sensation in that moment for the first time in many years, two days after I asked for help healing. I probably have 50% feeling in my left leg now, instead of 25%. I can feel my big toe in its entirety. This has not been this way for minimum three years, probably longer. I don't want to think about how long I lived with this shit. So I don't know what that fucking means. But it's real. And it means either nothing is real or God is real. And miracles are real. And prayer is real. And I honest to God don't know what the fuck to think. Let alone say or do a podcast about any of this. And I can't even sit across from Andrea and look at her and have this discussion because I get so freaked out. I have to sit here and do it by myself. Like I'm telling a horrible dark secret about my own healing. And that's my own shit that I have to deal with. And I'm dealing with it. So I don't know, man. Mary, Mojo, miracles. That ain't even half of it. Just wait till after Andrea opens her birthday present. Synchronicity hell. On and on it goes. So as you can see, there was some pretty heavy stuff going on in my life. And the only really thing I could do was to show off two witches for a while. Things are going fine. Andrea's getting ready to do her own rebuild now. And it's one of those synchronicities that neither of us really expected to have. 
we put the podcast on hiatus as we reevaluated what we wanted to do and how to move forward. And we knew once we got together in the same room again, everything would become clear. We weren't wrong. Here's the rest of our conversation that we had this past weekend, the first weekend of March together, and what you can expect from Two Witches going forward. Thanks for joining us. All right. So, here we are. We took a little bit of a break. Mm -hmm. We did. And uh, we're back. We're back. (laughs) We're sitting live at the Providence Academy because, you know, um, no rules, just chaos, right? That's what we do. Yeah. Do what we want. Right. So we decided we're going to lean into the chaos, and this is what you guys get. So welcome to the new two witches. Today, Andrea came to town, mm-hmm. and surprisingly, the smokestack for the academy was still standing. So Thank you. Wanted to see her one more time, so that was a bonus. We're staring at it right now. Right. And uh, then we went over to the haunted hidden house and had lunch. And got a tour. That's right. We went back inside. Elaine and David were wonderful and allowed us to go skulking around that place like I like to do and brought Andrea with me. Yes, it was amazing. Lovely, yeah. lovely. Yeah, so tell tell our wonderful listeners about your experience upstairs in the Hidden House. What did you think of that place? Oh, um, I really love it. It's beautiful. Uh, woodwork is amazing. Of course, the bricks are everywhere. It's warm and cozy. Um, stairway is beautiful. You get up there, and it's weird. It's weird. It's weird up there. Um, so I immediately took a right after getting upstairs, went clear to the front of the house. That's that weird window there in that front room. I've posted videos on Twitter of that window going crazy mm-hmm. on occasion, and it's just a super weird spot. And that's exactly where you went, like a bat out of hell, like yep. sh- like like a shot right for that there. area. Straight there. Uh, pulled out my cards because mm-hmm. I snuck those into my purse this morning. And guess what card we got, guys? Just one. One card. Which was it, Sarah? What um, card was it? It was fucking temperance. Again. <laughs> Upside down. Again. Because when Sarah's around and tarot cards are being pulled, <laughs> temperance is what shows up. So, yeah. Only it was reversed. So. Yeah. yeah. Very and, interesting. Uh, let's see. Then went through that room. Really sweet little fireplace up there yeah. brickwork was amazing that little fireplace was sweet it got a sweet vibe there yeah. i don't know somebody was sitting around there at some point staring into the fire it was really kind totally yeah uh hallway <laughs> weird yeah weird weird hallway also there's a room painted red in there that vibe in there is, is nasty the red room it's the red room yeah and it's not just because the paint is weird. And it's just weird. Sorry, Elaine, if you ever do listen to this, I know you told us not to judge the red room. And we're not judging the red room. We're judging the vibe in the red room. Yeah, and the fact that somebody painted red over top of the wallpaper. It's very strange. Because yeah. there's old wallpaper from like the 1920s in there. I guess 2020s. It's like pale green. Yeah, and it's you can feel it. It's got little like knobbies on texture, it. Texture, yeah. Yeah, it's totally textured. It's but like art deco. Slapped some weird ass red paint over the top of it. It's very unsettling. In yeah, the room. it really is. Yeah. Yeah, and the fact that somebody smeared three fingers full of red paint on the hallway wall. Ah, yes. We said demons about that when we saw that, right? <laughs> That's what that demons. I think there's a video of me saying that in there somewhere. But yeah, it's 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 strange. Yeah, it's strange. It's, it's strange. strange. Yeah. Yeah. But it's very cool. And I'm excited yeah. that they're going to remodel the upstairs and have mm-hmm. it for, like, event space. And, and you know what happens when you remodel old houses? Oh, yeah. 
oh yeah <laughs> which is funny because elaine who i just adore um she has insisted she's never had a paranormal experience in that house no and way. i find that just sort of impossible maybe she doesn't know what a paranormal experience is could be maybe she just thinks it's just whatever is happening true you know. I mean, she's open-minded, clearly. I mean, it doesn't mean that somebody jumps out at you and says, boo! Totally. Right. Totally. So, yeah, she's open-minded. Yeah. And she loved your little necklace. I did. I gave her one of my little mini <laughs> hidden break necklaces that oh, I made. And she cute. told me she was going to show Monty Hidden, who yes. is aware of my existence and is aware of my tattoo's existence, but still will not talk to me. So she's continuing to chip away at him. And I told her, I'm like, just tell him I need 10 minutes or three questions by email. That's it. Yeah. She, he would love you. I think so. Yeah. And, and I did tell her that I just recently discovered Dave's relation to Grace Hidden, the, the um, second wife of Ellen Hidden, who was the stepmom of the Hidden children. She didn't seem to know that. No. So I have a feeling that maybe might might work in my favor yeah. so we'll see we'll see yeah that would be cool so we walked all around the hidden house we went around outside mm -hmm. we even went back to the da -da -da, urban barn house the one that i beat it so Dave and i like beat it really fast and Anna, it was pretty interesting because andrew mm -hmm. didn't want to go inside there either no nope. no i mean i looked through the windows there's some amazing brickwork in there yeah i can't imagine horses in that building i don't get a horse vibe at all in there yeah so I don't know. It's very strange because it's beautiful and it's a gorgeous barn and it's architecturally important because of this little, I can't even think of the word for it, but it's got this little cubby hole on the top. That's like the only barn in Clark County that still has that, mm -hmm. but it's just not cool. And the whole rest of the complex is great and yeah. comforting. And even the attaching building where you go into, it's the French door. We went in there and oh, that is so a, sweet. That's an amazing space. It had yeah. a lot of vintage um, things, French mainly, French antiques, mm -hmm. kitchen things. They had some amazing taxidermy, butterflies, things like that for mm -hmm. super reasonable. Plants. Yes, plants. And plants. plants. And Andrew did not buy any plants. I did not, but I, I owned almost all those plants. <laughs> the truth comes out. That's why I did not buy them. Because I was really proud. I was like, wow, we left with no like, plants. I already have that, already have that, already have that. Cool. Well, that explains that one. Good job anyway. Good job anyway. So we went in there and walked around, and I, I gave her what I call the $10 hidden mm -hmm. brick tour, which I'll be glad to do if any of our listeners come to town, and because most of these hidden brick buildings are in kind of like the core around the 13th Street in the Hidden House area. Yes. So we went and checked all of that out, and the old brick house bar walked by mm -hmm. the public library slash what the hell is it called now historical museum but we had a great we had such a good lunch we too, went to always. the cemetery and we did we went oh. and she got to meet mojo i did i hugged mojo yep chug mojo um i'll put some photos on her twitter later and i've been too excited to post anything while it's happening live we're just going it's just been fun yeah so we brought mojo some flowers and talked to her a little bit and had great lunch yes amazing lunch she got some of the famous birthday gifts that's right so now um she officially has all of the synchronicity madness which i'm sure we'll record a whole probably a whole episode about that when she has a chance to get home and pick it all apart yes can't wait um but spoiler alert basically the grand finale of the birthday prize was the antique rosary that i Ugh. had obtained from ebay that was identical to Mother Joseph's it's that amazing. I somehow got. I have all these alerts on my eBay. 
<laughs> eBay alert. Yeah. To catch all this weird-ass old nun brick. You know, that's how I get all this stuff. Anyway, through that alert, I found another rosary. And it is very similar to the rosary that I have, but is from a different shrine. Mine is from the Lourdes Shrine. And the one Andrea just received is from the St. Joseph's Oratory in Montreal. Which was built by St. Brother Andre. Andre. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, and I had no idea this building even existed because, as you know, we didn't give a crap about the Catholic stuff. So we thought. And um, I got this rosary for an absolutely incredible price that makes no sense to me whatsoever. And it arrived and it. I started digging into it, and it just led to a million different synchronicities with Mojo. And, and it literally says on the back of the cross, Andre. Yeah. It literally says that. It's stamped there. Yeah. So, yeah. And uh, I don't know if, like I said, I, it was literally under $20, which I never talk about how much money I pay for things, but these things go for 300 on on. Ruby Lane and things like that. It's a wall rosary. And the dude I got it from just had no idea what he had. And it came in a couple pieces and I rewired it and it's perfect. And it's incredible. It's it's incredible. It's weird. And so the beads I, are hand carved roses, you guys. Yeah. And how they raised money for these sacred shrines like Lourdes and St. Joseph's Oratory was by the nuns and the monks and the brothers would carve these beads and make these rosaries and sell them there at the shrine. So, yeah, in amazing. theory, St. Brother Andre could have carved part of this or been involved with it. And so, like, it led to all this, these synchronicities and you learn about Andre and his life and very a lot of it, it's like... It follows the synchronistic patterns of similarities and opposites because Andre is very similar to Mojo in his devotion to work, in his belief in divine providence, in his unshakable faith in St. Joseph, and in his ability to perform miracles. Amazing. However, Andre was very small, sickly, um... And, of course, Mojo is six foot tall and fearless. So, it's like we have an opposite pattern and a, a continuing pattern. It's like two sides of the same coin. And he strangely looks like somebody I should be related to. He looks like somebody on my dad's side. He literally does. He looks like a short Irishman. I know he was French. I'm sorry, but... Right. Well, and then... I, I, I'm making a prediction, and you're going to go home or read, you know, and read this 48 pages or whatever <laughs> that I typed out of this insane synchronicity web around this... Because there's all these other medals and other pieces in her bag, too. And it's like, oh, yeah, that's cool. But, like, she hasn't really she hasn't really connected at all yet. So, what she does, she's just going to be like me and just stare at the wall and go, what the hell is even happening? We need a big map. <laughs> we need a big map and we can just pinpoint all of the medals and where they're coming from. And then, I swear, the strings. Right. Something like the hell your map? Yes. I don't know. We need a hell your map. I'm telling you, it's going to say something. It'll tell us something. So we had a good day running around. and we, we had talked, a great yeah, day. And we talked a lot about, you know, the future of the podcast and kind of what we want to do. Because I think part of the reason that it was stressing me out so bad is I wanted to do such a good job for Mojo, of course. Yeah, of course. And get the word out about the bricks. And she's a perfectionist and she wouldn't let me screw it up. 
<laughs> right. And one of the interesting things is I came down here two days ago and did some recording because I thought it was going to be the last day. The smoke deck was standing. And so I wanted to do some EBP stuff and just record and just see if anybody or anything wanted to talk. Because every time that you and I record, mm-hmm. it's going to be really interesting to listen to this because when you and I record on my mic, on my computer, we get shit. Uh, yeah. So now we're sitting next to each other, same computer, same mic. God. So we'll see. We'll see if there's any weird shit here, right? Because yeah. it seems to be the combo Last time of the we two got, of us. We got voice, a voice. Oh yeah, it's like Charlie Brown's mom. Yeah, like you know, it was weird. And we couldn't. We've had a couple of friends take a look at it, and they can't figure out exactly. Like it's not saying anything of of value or anything we could pick out, or it just sounds like it's it's just. And it's impossible to isolate. Yeah. So, it would take to generate a half hour podcast. It would take a solid week of work every day for hours. Yep. And re-records and re-edits and tweaking and trying to make it sound decent. And in a lot of the episodes you'll hear bangs, clacks, dogs um, (laughs) because it's just simply impossible to remove everything. And some of even my audio sounds like kind of tinny because we take out the interference and then would have to adjust it back up. Mm -hmm. So it was literally exhausting and we knew we were under a deadline because the smokestack, I mean, it's, it's any, t- by the time this is out, I'm sure it'll probably be done. And it was, it was like a race. And in addition, we were part of the Moth Pit Network. So there was this extra layer of responsibility to try to put out quality content on a regular basis, um, have it not reflect poorly on anybody but us. And it became apparent to me about a month in that I had bit off way more than I could chew. It was a lot. Everything had to change. And in order to figure out what to do, we just had to shelve it. So that's what we did. Mm-hmm. I didn't even look at the podcast for two weeks because I would and just cry good. every time I would yeah. think about it. <laughs> and uh, so this is it. We're just going to pick it back up. We don't know if it's going to be an hour. We don't know if it's going to be half an hour. It might be 20 minutes. It might be 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. It might be an interview. It might be one of us geeking out over something that the other person <laughs> knows nothing about. And we just want to rant. We don't know. There might be many pods. We don't know. Right. But who cares? No rules. Just chaos. Lean in. Andrea had a dream that we were supposed to turn left. Turn and left. We're turning left. This is it. Turn left. So we'll see. And this dream where we were supposed to take turn left. Mm. She dreamed accurately of my boots that she would have had no idea that existed. So we're taking it. We just kind of sat with that. And I've kind of just been thinking about what that could possibly mean. So, in order to kind of drill it down, we just removed as many parts as we could and went back to square one. Yeah. So, that's it. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. (laughs) And to be honest, if it weren't for the continual support and feedback that we've received from day one and during this hiatus, I can't even Mm -hmm. tell you how many people reached out to me and were like, I'm sorry it's been so hard. We really love what you're doing. Mm -hmm. We hope you keep going. Thank you. Yeah. So to all of you, thank you. That's why we're coming back. Yeah. We love our chemistry. Yeah. I mean, we'll talk on the phone for hours every day, whatever, right? Like, (laughs) apparently other people like our chemistry. Yeah. You want to listen to us babble? We'll let you listen to us babble. (laughs) We'll babble. Yeah. (laughs) It may not be as polished as it was in the past, because let's face it, that's the part that was stressing me out. Yeah. You may get ums, you may get coughs, you may, you know what I mean? Like... It's just going to be raw. Yeah. 
We'll just say it's a raw podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Yeah. And it might not even be about bricks. That's the thing, too. Because we're thinking about it. It's like, well, the brick stuff is continuing to happen 24-7. Synchronicity is continuing to unfold. But at the same time, there's so much other stuff going on that we want to talk about. We we have other stuff going on. <laughs> Believe it or not. I mean, we have, like, some weird shit going on. Really weird. And so do other people. So we want to bring them on, talk about their weird shit. Absolutely. You know, have a little weird shit combo. Yeah. I mean, and truly the most fun that we've had recently was doing the Janice Click episodes. Yeah, that was really fun. It was just, there was literally, we had a list of questions. We had basically an introduction and then we just rolled and it was a blast. Yeah. And I actually had the most fun. It was very telling for me because McMurderer is out. McMurderer (laughs) is out. That's our worldwide film debut. McMurderer. McMurderer. There is a clown, a murdering, or a drunken clown that gets murdered in this movie, and chaos ensues. It's got human sacrifice. It's got McMurder. It's terrible. Terrible! Anyway, it's super funny and cringe, but only if you're into that thing. Don't watch this movie if you do not have a disgusting, rock-solid sense of humor. I mean, it's it's sincerely warped, but it's hilarious. So... Here's the other thing. This is the greatest thing I've ever fucking heard, and I love it so much. McMurderer right now is 10 bucks for a DVD. It's like $6.66 for a VHS. Those tapes will be going away because, believe it or not, he's just been picked up for by a dis- distributor. Yeah, I Star saw Call that. Him. So all of these crappy VHS videos and whatevers that are coming out now that I've sent you guys, they're collector's items. They're going away. Anyway. I saw that. It's crazy. It's hilarious. For every McMurderer you buy for $10, or every... Squirrel, literally. No wonder the ADHD's. <laughs> no, like, that's why I was like, brick, brick, squirrel. Ten bucks for a DVD. Six sixty-six for a VHS. Not gonna make them for more than a month. You buy one. Guess what he does? He hides one in a random McDonald's. Oh. That's and awesome. that is the best bogo I have ever heard Can he of. Can get sued? Oh yeah. That's why he's like McSued, bitch. Oh, shit. <laughs> He's tagging McDonald's in his Instagram posts. Oh, my God. He's trying to fuck shit up. I think it's the funniest what thing if he ever. he sued? I don't think he gives a fuck. <laughs> that's the funny... Like, what are... He's like, what are they going to sue me for? Yeah, that's true. Anyway, so everyone you buy... That's true. A random McMurderer gets oh. dropped somewhere in America in a McDonald's. I, I was that. telling my daughter that last night, and I was like, can you imagine... She's 20. Can you Almost 20. Can you imagine her and her friends go, like, walking to McDonald's to get some shit? And, and the cover, it looks like a fake Rick and Morty. Like, and it does say, you know, not for kids, not rated. Like, you know, kids yeah. aren't going to watch this, so calm down, everybody. Right, right. But they're going in. They're going to get some fries, and they see this fucking movie called McMurderer with a cartoon cover, and it's just sitting there. And I'm like, I'm like would up. you take it home and watch it? And she's like, oh, hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> Uh, God. So like, you know, and I'm like thinking about this and like, this is absurd. This is literally absurd. And it's literally the most fun that I've had in three weeks. It's pretty fun. Being ridiculous. It's so pretty fun. clearly I need more of that in my life. Mm-hmm. So expect this podcast to just go that way. Yeah. Cause it's fun. Yeah. It's fun. It's fun. And you know what? Everybody wants to hear our dogs. <laughs> <laughs> Or a cat scream. I mean, come on. Who doesn't? Somebody tell me they don't want to hear our animals in the background. Right. You know they do. Right. You know Matt does. Absolutely. (laughs) 
you know, because Cavlix and cats go together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we had Matt scheduled to record, and Matt and Janet were scheduled to record, and then I was just like, I'm fucking done, I'm out, I'm gonna lose my mind. So, yeah, we'll probably be bringing them on soon. Yeah, definitely. We have two in the can, this one, of course, and then we have episode 13, which is all about Pan, which is where things start to get kind of interesting. Oh, yeah. Oh, Pan. Because, you know. That's like Panic, which came on your phone today. Yeah, Andrew got to uh, witness the phenomenon of Pandora just randomly pulling up and playing songs when I'm doing nothing. Uh-huh. Today was Panic by the Smiths. Yep. So there you go. So, yeah, Mojo's up to roll tricks. That's what she does. We weren't sure if we were supposed to panic. Right. I was like, okay, are we panicking? Is this pan? What is happening? What is happening? We never know what's happening. No, we don't. So that's it, gang. That's it for today. We love you. Thanks for listening. We do what we want. We do what we want. And we like that. That's right. (laughs) Until next time, take care of yourselves. And don't be an asshole. That's right. Look, we switched it up. You know why? (laughs) We do what we fucking want. Deal with it. Two Witches Podcast. Clearly, we have no fucking idea what we're doing.